pasta there, Pedro? Bats. They are sick. I cannot hit curveball. Straight ball, I hit it very much. Curveball. Bats are afraid. I asked Jobu to come. Take fear of bats. I offer him a cigar. Wrong. He will come. Hello, I'm Andrew Luffglass with Brian McLaughlin, and you're listening to All Aboard, a Lake County Captain's History Podcast. On August 1, 2014, 9,069 fans flooded Classic Park. They came from 26 different states and two countries other than the U.S. Some traveled more than 2,500 miles, and the line to get into a Class A baseball game between the Lake County Captains and Bowling Green Hot Rods stretched nearly 1,100 feet, starting at the gate near home plate and wrapping around to the lighthouse behind center field. All for the bobblehead replica of a 25-year-old movie prop. This is the story of the original Joe Boo bobblehead and the captain's salute for the film Major League. The genesis of the Jobu bobblehead starts six years before the madness of that August evening in Eastlake, Ohio, with the birth of another captain's promotion. Cleveland Sports History Night was conceived as a way to poke fun at the collective misery of Cleveland sports fandom. The original event, on August 2, 2009, featured the captain's staff recreating the most painful moments in the city's sports history. The drive. The fumble. Red Wright 88, and inviting Cleveland sports luminaries from the famous, like 1980 AL Rookie of the Year Joe Charbonneau, to the niche. See Cleveland Crunch indoor soccer star Otto Orff. The night was a hit with fans and won ESPN the magazine's Promotion of the Year Award. Five years later, it was time for something new. Here's Neil Stein, then the captain's assistant general manager. So we've been doing Cleveland sports history for maybe five or six years at that point. And every year, again, we sat down, we brainstorm, how can we make it different? What we can do that spice it up or, you know, bring some excitement to it. You know, what Cleveland sports moments are out there that we haven't kind of talked about. So, you know, again, with, with major league being my favorite movie, I'm like, well, we haven't done anything to incorporate major league at all. As luck would have it, 2014 was the 25th anniversary of the cult classic. Once the idea for a major league theme was hatched, the next logical step was to consider an accompanying giveaway. Joe Boo, the voodoo doll worshipped by Dennis Haysbert's character, Cuban slugger Pedro Serrano, immediately came to mind. But not as a mass-produced bobblehead. Here's Neil. You know, one of the things we looked at was, you know, for me, it's, it's my favorite movie of all time. Um... I just looked online just to see, you know, hey, is there any Joe Boo even out there? Because we always do giveaways and different things like that. And, you know, maybe we could buy one and give it away as a prize or a prop or something. And literally nowhere you could find anything on the internet. And it's, you know, 2014, you can find anything anywhere on the internet usually. And there's nothing. So I'm like, maybe this would be a phenomenal bobblehead idea. Now it was clear. 
The captains had to do a Jobu bobblehead. And the pressure was on to get it right. For any fan of Major League, the details in the bobblehead would surely matter. Anything that was off would be scrutinized. The Jobu bobblehead had to be true to the movie version. Here's Drew LaFollette, then the captain's director of promotions. The overall idea was let's make it as similar to the movie as possible. Um, that was what's going to get people in and get people interested in it. So the process to design Jobu began with the goal to make him live up to his movie likeness, with one notable exception. You know, a fun little tidbit that, you know, folks don't know. Um, Joe Boo, you know, a lot of folks that, that know the movie, he had a cigar and, um, you know, for us being family friendly and, and, you know, minor league baseball, we didn't want to have anything with smoking or anything like that in the, the bobblehead. So we actually took that out of the design. It was part of the original discussion, but um, we took that out of there. Okay, so no cigar, but the captains determined the shot glass could stay. After all, it's very bad. Still Joe Boo's wrong. With no cigar, but the shot glass in place, there was one more key design element the captains were convinced was vital to replicating the movie version of Joe Boo, his hair. So Neil called the bobblehead company the captains had used for years, Alexander Global Promotions. We're like, hey, we haven't done one with hair. Like, you know, they're usually just the little resin molds that are not super complicated. Um, for those guys that have done it, we're like, can you even do the hair? And they're like, well, what do you mean hair? And I'm like, you know, remember those old little troll dolls that people had? That's what we want. Hair like that on our bobblehead. Was it possible? Here's Brian Sloan from Alexander Global Promotions, who worked with the captains on Joe Boo. That was probably my first time selling a bobblehead with real hair, but as a company, we've done it before. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, synthetic hair and uh, it's dyed to the color that the customer wants. Um, it doesn't, you're going to let the customer know that it's not perfection. I mean, if you looked at 10 different Jobu dolls, the hair probably looked, you know, 10 different kind of craziness of, of hairstyle. You know, they try and just match up the hair texture and, and the color and obviously so uh, and the way that the person does the hair. Jobu's easy. It's just everywhere right so yeah as a company we've done it before so um, I had some people behind me that had the experience of uh, using that application it was a sigh of relief to know the captains could get the troll doll hair on Jobu but again it needed to be perfect there's a slight chance Jobu's hair was a point of mild obsession in the Lake County front office I remember mostly was I, I always felt like the hair was was a big deal like we had to get that hair right and um so i do think i do seem to remember us asking them to make it bigger like uh and just longer and sticking out more um, at first it was maybe a little bit shorter and it just looked a little bit off yes everybody remembers the hair and then the hair we probably had i would say four different versions of the hair um the first time it was super short the next time it was really, really long. You know, they had it too far down on his forehead one time. So all those super little minor tweaks that we made behind the scenes that, you know, Joe Fan would never see or know about. But for me especially, I wanted to make sure that bobblehead was perfect. It hadn't been done. It's not been out there. You know, if we're going to do this, we need to do it right. There were plenty of other minor tweaks to the Jobu bobblehead, too. Here's Neil on what the process looked like 
from start to finish. When you do a design of a bobblehead, normally they ask for photos. So you send them a few different photos of, you know, it's usually a player or a mascot or something like that. So, you know, I found a few photos of Joe Boo. And if you've ever looked at Joe Boo, his face is really kind of odd. I mean, he was made out of like clay. So it's not a normal round face or anything like that. So surprisingly, the first mock-up we got back, like the body was really good. Um, but the face really wasn't. I mean, um, his mouth wasn't wide enough and um, he looked, I mean, almost like a regular person. Um, and when you do a bobblehead, I mean, one of the things that I always said when we designed bobbleheads every year at the captains was it's almost like a caricature. So you've got to find those parts of that, you know, usually it's a person and overemphasize what that is. So, you know, one example is uh, Francisco Lindor when we did the bobbleheads of him, everybody knows his huge smile. So, you know, the first mock-up of his, you know, it's just a normal looking smile. Like, no, you got to make it big. So with Joe Boo, same thing, like his mouth and in, in, uh, in his face is really wide. So we had him tweak that mouth probably three different times with the, it's a mud mold um, before they got it to where we kind of wanted it. Um, and then the painting on the, the um, bobblehead itself, they usually do a, you know, first, they'll do the mud mold first. Once you get that to the point where you think it looks good, then they'll paint it. So um, they painted it and it was pretty good the first time, but I think they actually forgot like the beads. He's got like this bead necklace around it. And we're like, oh, we've got to have that on there. So you go back to the drawing board and they add that and paint it. So, I mean, that one, <clears throat> literally more than any other one we've done had the most edits. I would say probably all told seven or eight different edits um, from the beginning, which a normal bobblehead, like I said, you know, Francisco Lindor, for example, is probably, you know, three maybe edits. So uh, it was it was an ongoing process and that company, they're phenomenal. And I they really wanted to do it well too because their name was gonna be on it. And um, the guy I was working with, uh, Alexander Global at the time was a big uh, movie fan as well. So, um, you know, they made sure that they worked with their manufacturer to make sure it was, you know, just what we wanted. After an extensive, meticulous design process that took three to four months, the captains still had to wait to see the final painted product. The team had announced the Joe Boo bobblehead before the season, but the final image wasn't ready for public eyes. Then, on May 22nd, a month and a half into the season, it finally came. In an email from Alexander Global, there were the images for Joe Boo. With his crazy white troll doll hair, a white shirt with a red sash, and colorful beads dangling around his neck that stretched to the shot glass between his feet, Drew dashed off a quick promotional graphic and called it a day. When we finally had images of all of our bobbleheads from that season, I put a gra made a graphic for him, put it out on Twitter before I left for the day. And I went out for um, like happy hour or dinner, whatever, came home that night and I saw that someone from Yahoo Sports had, had tweeted about it and it was in my own uh, Twitter timeline, which I kind of find, found a little bit curious and okay, someone else thought this was interesting. So I then, I logged into the captain's Twitter account and it just kind of, between the time I posted it and between, the, you know, getting home after dinner, it had sort of blown up and it really got everybody excited and um, it was getting us a lot of attention. And it was that viral moment that you don't expect and it was crazy. And the next thing you know, I'm talking to Darren Ravel, who was with ESPN at the time and, you know, 
you know, all these different people calling, media people calling, all these requests like instantaneously overnight. It was it was insane two week period um, right when we released those images. And then obviously it died down a little bit. And then by the time the game rolled around, it was crazy again. ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, and Bleacher Report all jumped aboard the Joe Boo bandwagon. And then there were the bobblehead collectors. When we released the images and people, again, there's a huge cult following to that movie. Um, when people saw it, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I haven't seen Joe Boo in a long time. Um, you know, this is phenomenal. I got to get it. And then, you know, to that point, there's a lot of bobblehead collectors out there to begin with um, that'll collect any bobblehead, whether it's, you know, Will Benson who played for the captains or, you know, whoever it might be, a skipper bobblehead doll from the mascots or whatever. Um, so these diehard bobblehead collectors from all these different markets saw it and it was unique. It was different. They're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Within hours of Drew's tweet, the bobblehead was sprawled across the internet, from the biggest voices in sports media to the massive following of major league fans. The reaction was immediate. The captains knew they had caught lightning in a bottle. For Brian at Alexander Global, who admits to working on 80 bobblehead projects at a time, that's the reaction he dreamt of. I mean, that's the goal of every bobblehead. Um, You know, I have some teams that come to me and say, hey, we want to do a bobblehead of this guy. My first question is always, well, what, why, why are you doing a bobblehead of this guy? What's the significance? What's the story behind it? Every bobblehead has a story behind it. So, you know, to see, you know, that response, that's the kind of response that gets you up in the morning, you know, that because me being in baseball for 24 years, you're, you're doing bobbleheads to, you know, um, do something really fun and special for your fans. And uh, for them to get that excited about it, to get to the ballpark that early and want to be a part of that, um, I think that excites me. I want every bobblehead project that I worked on, I always wanted that response. August 1st, 2014. It's Joe Boo Day. And somewhere around 7 in the morning, Dan Stricko, then the head groundskeeper for the captains, pulls into the parking lot at Classic Park. First pitch is more than 12 hours away, and Dan is the second car there. Neil arrived shortly after. I'll never forget the first people there was this father and son from Chicago that drove there, and they were there at four something in the morning. So we get there in the morning, and there's a couple cars in the parking lot. So I, you know, go around there, and I'm like, you know, hey, how are you guys? And they're like, oh, good. Like, I ask them what time you get here. Like, oh, we got here uh, probably like 4.30 a.m. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, <clears throat> and again, we knew it was going to be big, but that's how you know. It's like, all right, well, this is going to be kind of crazy beyond what we maybe expected. On most days, a car with an Illinois license plate sticks out like a sore thumb at Classic Park. But when the first 1,500 fans through the gates are getting a Joe Boo bobblehead, all bets are off. Um, we had literally, I had people that flew in from California. That is not an exaggeration at all. They flew in from California, Texas, there was a group, um, Florida, there was a bunch of people that drove up, um, and people made it like a little reunion weekend kind of thing to say, Hey, we're coming back to this game. We're going to see our people from the area. And I had so many calls to say, Hey, you know, how can I do this? We sold a VIP package to guarantee it, which sold out in a minute, Um, so it was, it went nuts really, really quickly. All told, 
Fans from 26 different states and two countries outside of the U.S. converged on Eastlake, Ohio for a chance to go home with a Jobu bobblehead. And that's all it was. A chance. We Again, we knew going in it was going to be huge. Um, we didn't know it was going to be that long. Um, for folks that know the stadium <clears throat> there in Eastlake, you know, the line literally went from the front gates that face uh, Route 91 there all the way down 91 to like where the Miracle League field is now, um, down around um, behind like the Chase Bank building um, where the playground and play areas at the stadium, all the way past the lighthouse in center field. Um, so, I mean, there were thousands of people in line um, before the game. That image stuck with Drew too. The atmosphere that day when we actually had the giveaway, um, I got into work before that game fairly early and I, there were people at the gate and I asked a couple of people like what time they had gotten there. They got there at 4 a.m. You know, people were driving from, from out of state um, and the, the line just wrapped around the entire building, the outside of the stadium from, you could see them wrapped around the left field foul pole, past the scoreboard in center field and it just, it disappeared behind the, the batting cage building and um, it was just, it was just crazy. And at that point we knew that, you know, Neil had a solid, awesome idea. And then um, we really executed it while working with Alexander Global on the design of everything. And um, obviously once people really started to see that the, the image of Joe Boo, they, it was something that they wanted enough to, to drive ridiculously far <laughs> to get and to start waiting in line at 4 a.m. for a, you know, gates to open at what they would have probably opened at like six, 5:30 or six that night. So that that overall just seems seems crazy, and it was just fun to be a part of. So yeah, Joe Boo's up there, and all the bobbleheads that we did with the captains, he's he's up there just because of the memories of that awesome night where I mean it was just. The concourse was crazy. The, the ballpark was electric. It was just a real fun night to be a part of. They measured. The line you just heard described was 1,095 feet long. If you were waiting by the center field lighthouse, you weren't getting Joe Boo. When you have a crowd of over 9,000 people, some of whom have traveled from thousands of miles away specifically to get this bobblehead, and about 80% of them won't get one, you need a plan B. Going into it, we know it was going to be crazy because um, we knew how many pre-orders we had. We knew we had sold out of the VIP in a minute. Now, we ordered extra bobbleheads for the VIP. Um, we did 200 VIP packages. So we had 1,500 to give away that day. Um, but we knew with the number of tickets that we sold ahead of time, now this was before the game, um, that we were going to run out of bobbleheads like super quickly and there were going to be a lot of people pissed off when they got there and that they weren't going to get a bobblehead because we had already sold like 7,000 tickets before the game um, before even one walk-up ticket was sold and most of those people were coming there to get Joe Boo. So you've got you know a third of the people that are going to maybe get one. Um, so before again this was weeks before the game I went to Brad and I'm like, hey, we've got to figure out some sort of plan to try to get these folks a bobblehead. That's then Captain's general manager, Brad Seymour. 
you know, the turnaround time is not quick on getting those. So it's not like we can just call the, you know, our manufacturer and say, hey, we need a thousand more. Um, so I ended up coming up with this package that um, we came up with a six game ticket package. It was $60. And if people bought a, a package that night, we would order a, that bobblehead. And so they would get a free Jobu bobblehead if they bought this six game package that they could use for the rest of the year. Um, it's a long story, but you can't sell bobbleheads because you don't have the rights to it. And there's a lot of logistics behind it. So in order for us to give this away, um, we had to sell something and give away the bobblehead for free. So we had to give them something of value, pay for it, and you get the bobblehead for free. The captains printed out 3,000 postcards advertising the ticket package and handed them out to fans, starting with the unlucky 1,501st fan through the gates. Did it work? We sold almost 1,200 of those packages that night. So if you're counting at home, that's 1,500 fans who showed up early enough to get a Jobu bobblehead for nothing more than the cost of their ticket and however much gas or airfare they needed to get to Eastlake, plus 1,200 fans who bought a ticket package on the spot to guarantee themselves a Jobu bobblehead, plus 200 more VIP packages purchased in the weeks before the game that came with a Jobu bobblehead. That makes roughly 2,900 Jobu bobbleheads, not including all the season ticket holders who also got their Jobu bobblehead as part of the guaranteed giveaway feature of their plan. But not everyone wanted to put Jobu on their mantle. Within minutes of the gate opening, people have their bobbleheads and they're on eBay. Um, so, you know, they're posting them from the stadium on eBay and they're selling buy it now for $100, $125 that night on eBay, like tons of them. So again, we're not out there to try to stop people from doing this. You know, that's not the intent of it. I mean, we're giving them out so people can take them, they can put them on their, you know, their shelf at home or their office or whatever it is. And, um, you know, that to me was kind of one of those things like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we're selling tickets for nine bucks for the game. And, you know, these people are buying a ticket and getting this bobblehead and turn around and selling it for a hundred bucks. It's like, come on. For the record, there's currently an original 2014 Captain's Jobu bobblehead on eBay for a whopping $599.99. Jobu, of course, was not the only element of that night's promotion. After all, this iteration of Cleveland Sports History Night was a full-fledged 25th anniversary celebration of the movie Major League. In keeping with the tradition of celebrity appearances, the captains made a call to the Hollywood bullpen. We just talked about, hey, are there any guys that were in Major League that are around that we could you know, afford to get to come out to a game? So we said, hey, who were some of the memorable characters from that movie that maybe we can reach out to? Maybe we can get one of them or two of them to come out to the game and then uh you know tie in some sort of promotional element from the game so um you know i reached out to a bunch of different folks trying to find agencies and agents for these um, actors and actresses which is super difficult um, most folks have never had to you know try to tackle something like that um it's super hard to find even where to begin with that so um we ended up finding chelsea ross who was um harris from the movie, the the old school, you know, junk ball pitcher, um, talked to his representation quite a few times and he loved the idea. 
we worked with him to get him to come out to the game. And then, you know, you work on that, you work on all the details, you, you know, you get close to the day. And again, with Chelsea Ross coming out again, you think about, Hey, how can we incorporate him into the game um, with autographs and with first pitches? And is there a promotion that he could do? And um, again, one of the things that we said, Hey, you know, he's going to be our final first pitch, kind of the, the, uh, the, the last hurrah for all our first pitches that night. So, you know, one of my ideas was, Hey, we got to take out, you know, some of the substances that he said he used in the movie and have him use one of these substances to, to rub up the balls. What's that on your chest? Crisco. Bardol. Vagisil. Any one of them will give you another two to three inches drop on your curveball. Of course, if the umps are watching me close, I just rub a little jalapeno inside my nose, get it running, and if I need to load the ball up a little, just wipe my nose. You put snot on the ball? I haven't got an arm like yours. I got to put anything on it I can find. Someday you will too. You know, I remember this was actually one thing I did. I took out like a little serving tray that had uh, Bardol, Vaseline, uh, jalapenos on it. So, you know, he could pick one of those things to rub up the ball for his first pitch. So uh, that, that picture actually was in the newspaper, which was pretty awesome to see. In addition to Harris's substances, the night was littered with a series of movie references. The captain sold 100 pairs of paper batting gloves for $1 each, a reference to Wesley Snipes' character, Willie Mays Hayes. And then there was a nod to Pedro Serrano, the Cuban slugger played by Dennis Haysbert, who steals a golf head cover from teammate Roger Dorn. Hats for bat. Yeah? What's your handicap? Keep bats warm. Glasses. During that night's game, Captain's first baseman, Nelly Rodriguez, emerged from the first base dugout with a golf head cover on his bat, took a warm-up swing, and tossed the autographed cover into the stands. For what it's worth, Nelly went two for three in the game with a homer, a double, and three RBI. The Captain's beat Bowling Green eight to one. With the immense popularity of the Joe Boo bobblehead and a night peppered with nods to a fan-favorite flick, the captain's 2014 rendition of Cleveland Sports History Night proved to be one of the most memorable promotions in team history. Was Joe Boo the captain's greatest bobblehead triumph? Here's promotions director Drew LaFollette. They've done some good ones um, before I was there and, and, and since, but I mean, it's hard to argue with the demand that created. I don't think... Um, I don't think, uh, you know, we caught lightning in a bottle there. I don't, I don't think it's something that it'd be very difficult to recreate. We even did um, a different version of it the following year as a, as a giveaway for everyone. People liked it, but it, it didn't capture quite the um, attention um, and enthusiasm that the first one did. The first one was just, like I said, lightning in a bottle. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was just something that you're I probably won't ever see I mean we were we were sold out maybe even up like a day before we were doing grass only in the days leading up to that um that game and I mean we were probably about as close to the fire fire code as, as we could have gotten it was fun it was, a, it was a fun night and um you know something that uh you know I'll always look back on as one of my biggest memories from working in baseball the Joe Boo bobblehead garnered high praise from ESPN, Sports Illustrated, 
Fox Sports, CBS Sports, MLB Network, and more. Fans flew across the country to get their hands on Joe Boo. Others drove hours through the night to be one of the first 1,500 in line. From a revenue standpoint, the captains saw seven times their single-game average in online ticket sales and made over $10,000 from Jobu ticket packages alone, in addition to raising $6,000 for captains' charities. The swarm of 9,069 fans from around the country that packed Classic Park that night is still a top-five crowd in team history, and Jobu lives on as the most sought-after giveaway item the captains have ever conceived. That crowd of over 9,000 was, it was, and we had fireworks that night. It was just, um, it was one of those nights just, you know, you knew you did something or were a part of something really, really special and left a lot of people going home with smiles on their faces. Jackson wants a new sign. Now he's got what he likes. Here's the pitch to Serrano. He swings and drives with a deep left. Way back, way back. This ball is gone. Yeah! Special thanks for this episode goes to former Captain's General Manager Neil Stein and former Captain's Director of Promotions Drew LaFollette, as well as Brian Sloan, formerly the Director of Business Development specializing in sports marketing at Alexander Global Promotions. In addition to interviews with Neil, Drew, and Brian, other sources for the information you heard in this podcast included Benjamin Hill's Ben's Biz blog on MILB.com, Archived stories from ESPN, Fox Sports, CBS Sports, and Bleacher Report, as well as primary sources provided by the Lake County Captains. This show was written, produced, and narrated by myself and Brian McLaughlin. I'm Andrew Luffglass, and this has been All Aboard, a Captain's History Podcast. <laughs>